0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Basketpedia Podcast with Brandon Thomas of Pickens High School. Continue the conversation on the system by join our Facebook group, System Basketball Coaches. Click on the link in podcast description. Hi everybody, it's Coach Hart with the Basketpedia Podcast. I have Coach Brandon Thomas of Pickens High School in Georgia. Um, he's coached now for ten years. And last year, he decided to go to the system. So we're going to discuss why he did that, um, things that probably didn't go so well, and things that did go so well, and probably offer a little advice to myself since I'm gonna be going to be going through this year. So I reached out to coach to, to talk a little system basketball and, and what he likes about it, what he, what he struggles with. So coach, how's everything going in Georgia?
1: It's good. Uh, we're, we're playing some sports here. Um, fo- Friday night football last night. I know everybody in the country is not getting to play right now, but uh, it was nice to be out and see the football team play. It gives me hope that we're going to have a basketball season this year. So it's going good.
0: Okay. So you coached nine years yep. and you were running what type of basketball? What were you doing uh-huh. prior to the system?
1: Very traditional. We uh, kind of came up in a system w- with a guy who was extremely structured. He ran some very traditional flex. He ran swing. He ran shuffle. Uh, we played pack line style man, almost no zone. And that's kind of who I trained under as an assistant. And then when I got to be a head coach, I, that's what I knew. Um, I, I basically started learning to dribble drive um, because swing and, and, and uh, flex is, is super old school and, and very continuity. So. I wanted something a little more attacking and and became familiar enough with dribble drop to run that and and add some sets. But I would definitely say it's definitely traditional style, very conservative, get good shots, um, don't give up anything easy. And that's what we did for nine years. Um, And we had some success. I've had some good players and some good teams. But uh, the circumstances at the school I'm at, this this is my um, third third spot or second head coaching spot, is we were losing – a very seasoned point guard, we had one player returning that was a clearly dominant player for us. She was um, pushing to be all-time leading scorer in her school. She averaged 20 points a game. And under her, the next highest player, I think, maybe averaged four. So, yeah, a 20-point score, four points, three points, two points, one, zero. I mean, it was – so I basically knew the league was going to take away our player. And we didn't have a lot of experience behind her. So I started looking for how do you win with? We didn't have a lot of size and really have a post to throw it to that could play with back to the basket or draw fouls. So I had a score, a bunch of guards, some could shoot the three. Um, and I was like, how do we win in that in that setting? So I just started searching for I almost typed in into Google, how do you win with a small team?" And somehow I stumbled across this concept of the system and I just started looking for, avenues to find out more i found some people that you found coach uh gail at stewart's draft i just don't even know i just heard his name yeah, i looked up his <laughs> looked him up on youtube he sent me film uh coach porter had an old film that was on youtube of his team one of his teams at Olivet running it i watched it six times and then we just we went after it and we tried it so it was really mainly to how how can we score how can we win with, with a single player that's dominant that could be taken away by all the well-coached teams so, that was the reason. So, how, the se- so how,
0: do you, how did the season go? Did you did you guys win a lot, or how did you end up doing?
1: We went 19 of 10, um, which I think uh, was beyond expectations. I think, you know, communities kind of have a feeling, how's your season going to be this year, how are you going to be? They knew we would lost a, a point guard that ended up playing, you know, small college ball around here. She's a great leader. Um, so, I think people expected us to be down, but we – it just worked. Um, we ended up having two shifts. Uh, the, the player that was my dominant scorer ended up averaging more points, more points her senior year than she did the year before. Um, she uh, scored at a higher rate, even though she played less minutes. So she went from 20 points a game to 25. She put up 46 in a game. Um, so, so she was successful, which was great. But all the other kind of players behind her, I saw averages go from zero a game to 4.7, or from three a game to six to seven points a game. So offensive production went from a team the year before it averaged around 51, 52 points a game to we averaged around 68. Uh, We averaged around 50 to 50 shots a game. We averaged 70 shots a game running the system. And I didn't see a drop off in wins. I mean, we took some bad losses. We gave up some points, but we took bad losses and gave up points traditionally as well. It wasn't like we were an undefeated team. The year before, we were 16 and 13. Previous year to that we were 22 and seven, so you know we're kind of above 500, 500 or so, and then we went 19 and 10. So I would say so it's good.
0: Your feelings as if you would have stayed traditional? Do you think you would have went 19 and 10?
1: I do not. In my gut, and and I and I saw counsel from other coaches in, in my area, not not my opponents, but just friends and coaching groups. It's, I didn't feel like we could run traditional just sets that could be scouted and taken away. I didn't think we could play ball control and and, and still get good shots for our best player. Because if I was playing us, I would, I would face guard her. I would box and one her every game. I would even put two kids on her because none of the other kids had proven that they could score. So by going system, it was almost its transition almost the entire time. And she had space to work. I mean, literally, we would even sometimes when get scored on, we'd, she'd have the ball in her hands and scoring within four or five seconds on the other end. I mean, it was just that quick sometimes. Now, every game wasn't perfect, but she just got tons of looks that she would not have gotten. And I don't think the skill set of the other players, like they weren't tacticians like, you know, you know baseline bounce pass entry to the post or a give and go or be able to catch in motion if you're running motion or something. That wasn't their skill set. But what they could do is they could shoot threes, you know, stand. you know, catch-and-shoot threes, and they could play a little bit of defense. So running the system allowed basically every player to use what was their strongest suit, which was basically shooting, because there are not a lot of kids that could drive to the hole outside of our one score. Um, So it accentuated their their best skills while it kind of hid some of their weaknesses. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it as a coach because it was almost an adventure. Like You did not know what was going to happen every game. You just knew you were going to really get after it and you were going to shoot shots. Like when Doug says you're gonna shoot 43s a game, I'm like, are you crazy? But we averaged 35, <laughs> 35, three attempts a game. We averaged 35 three attempts a game. We hit 16 and one. We had 16 made threes. One, I think that was our high on the year. But almost every game we're getting double-digit threes, um, and it's just awesome. You know, it's it, the kids got fired up about it. There was more enthusiasm, obviously, because more kids played. So. so-
0: would you call yourself a purist with it or did you hybrid it? Did you do the five goals? I mean, who did you pattern I, it after? I mean, I, you know, there's well, the Grinnell the, style, there's Olivet.
1: I mean, yeah, you know, I read the book uh, a couple times. I was well, thick. You've seen it. And I'm sure you The tall. Bible. The Bible. Yeah. I read it. Uh, I talked to to, to Coach Gail Stewart. He's like, you got to get it because I was like, I no, really need that. Oh, yeah. I was like, you need it. And he yeah. was right. <laughs> you <laughs> you got to have it. You need to get that foundation. And it really lets you kind of pick and choose. I don't think that what Grinnell does or Redlands fits girls very well. I felt like what Doug did with all of it was just the best fit. It takes the least amount of skill to – you're not setting stagger screens and jumping and throwing the ball across to the backside for an open three. Just don't – you know. Yeah. so I Doug's didn't. really <laughs> – it was almost dribble drive before dribble drive was popular. It's just drop kick. It's fill behind, yeah. turn, and toss it and pitch it and shoot it and it's keeping a post backside, all that stuff. We had already run dribble drive, even in our just basic traditional style as a base. I feel like in our community, we're, we're not very diverse. We have a ton of white kids that are just <laughs> not super athletes, and but they're awesome kids. And, and um, when I first got here, I came from a place that had tons of athletes and they, they could do dribble drive. Like sec- that's kind of how they played second nature. And But we kept it here because it almost made girls in a, in a rural community that are just used to catching and looking or catching and shooting and made them put the ball on the floor. So even just breakdown drills of drive, kick, drive, jump, stop, you know, all that stuff was just good development for them. So even if we didn't use a lot of dribble drive against man, if we had to go to like a chin set or something to score, the dribble drive was a daily thing that we did to help us become better basketball players. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I can't remember the original question, but it, it was uh, definitely. It smooth. was,
0: it was basically, did you, were you, are you a purist? Five in, oh, five okay. out. We did. We tried to stick stuff.
1: Um, I mean, we did dribble drive base offense. First shot you could get. We, I mean, they're saying five to seven seconds. We, I wanted them to take it, and it took the girls. They, I don't think they believed me. I don't think they believed me that I said it was okay to shoot. Now some of them, some of them did. They're like, heck kid I man it was just fine I mean, they called it. They shot, it. and that happened to sometimes be the kid that didn't need to do it as much, but. Even even those kids, I encourage, especially in the summer. I did get a summer, which was a blessing. We played a 21 scrimmages uh, throughout the summer. And we, we just did it from the very first one. And, and the very first one was we got 67 shots in a running clock game. We hit eight shots and we got destroyed. And everybody's like, oh, what are we doing? And I said, I told them all, I said, it's going to take a while and, and uh, figure out what we're doing. And we did the shift. We subbed every minute or less, sometimes 35 seconds, 45 seconds basically my assistant just had the next group ready, you know, just, you know, he would send them on his own, but I would send them if I felt like it was getting stale or, or whatever, but we tried to do it as pure as the book describes and, and, um, and go all in. Cause I didn't want to do, I didn't want to say, I don't want to give up layups. I didn't want to say, <laughs> I wanted to truly try it if I was going to try it. And we gave up layups.
0: <laughs> so, you gave up layups, huh?
1: We did. I, uh, it hurt my heart, but, I mean, we also scored over 70 points 11 times with girls basketball. I mean, we hit 92 one time. We, I mean, it, sometimes it was just on fire, you know.
0: Shot clock or no shot clock?
1: Uh, we have no shot clock. But I don't really think shot clock makes a difference uh, most of the game. And to me, a shot clock is more about in-game management. Uh, I, I rarely play a team that's holding the ball for 30 seconds before they shoot, even if they run a very continuity style.
0: See, I, I don't know what it's like. I mean, I'm 45. Yeah, I'm 45, and I played in high school with it. So that's how <laughs> long it's been. That's how long it's been out here in California. I mean, so. you just passed or,
1: it uh, here. It's, it's coming in the uh, next three years. But I'm okay. looking forward to it because if you're, if you're down five and it's the end of the game, it's just hard to win. unless It's I've over. You, yeah, it's the, it's over. Unless
0: I, don't, I mean, it's called keep away. I mean. Yeah,
1: and it's um, hard. So right. I'm looking forward to that. I think it allows more coaching. Um, uh, a chance to be better with coaching.
0: So let me ask you about – everybody says, I don't have enough – I don't have enough horses to do this system stuff. Yeah. Um, shift, playing five in, five out. Um, most teams, if you're a Northern American high school team, you probably have your top two or three players. And then four through 12, 15, probably there's a big drop-off at most typical – high school public schools would you agree with that sure
1: absolutely
0: okay so was there kids on the team that if you would have stayed playing the same way you did for nine years that would have never seen the floor for you but actually helped you win basketball games and produce out of curiosity
1: Uh Definitely kids that would not have seen the floor, saw the floor. You have to play them. You have to play them. And so you're yeah. automatically yeah. starting with at least 10 for sure if you're doing two Correct. shifts. And, I mean, if you go with a lot of the, guys, the college guys, they're doing three shifts a lot, like, you know, a lot of the people Correct. you have talked to. Uh, now, uh-huh. we did not have enough for three. We had to set, – we settled on 12, kind of two sets of six. And we had okay. three other freshmen that we brought up that could fill in if there was an injury or foul trouble or leg game, and we are up. We, we throw them into shifts down the stretch. But – Basically, we, we settled on 12, but in those 12, I had a kid who probably wouldn't even play basketball. She's really kind of out there to be part of the team, but she's a great kid. And she's tough. She played tons of minutes. I mean, she found herself probably averaging 14, 16 minutes a game and making plays. She didn't score, um, but she had a positive impact. I had another kid that had never played varsity he ended up playing almost half the season. I mean, half the minutes. Made plays, didn't score a ton, but definitely contributed. So I would say that eight, nine, 9, 10, 11, you just—they're on the floor, and you got to let them make. But here's the thing: is they don't beat you or or win in one shift at a time. It's you know, their their limitations don't show up so much because the game's so chaotic. So you're not, you're not asking them to run chin, you're not asking them to run flex and set screens. You're just asking them don't throw the ball to the other team where they can score, and to put pressure and to go rebound, and yeah, shoot open three, and then go rebound. So I enjoyed the fact that those kids got to play, and what I also saw is they actually started paying more attention in practice. When we did shooting drills instead of the top four kids, you know, doing the drills, and everybody kind of, you know, they did theirs, but they didn't care they didn't think they are ever gonna get to shoot, now all of a sudden everybody's eyes are big, and they're all trying to make shots in practice because they actually think they're gonna get a chance to shoot, uh, and they did. So, yeah, I guess. So- cool. So first
0: year running it, uh, what was the hardest part putting it in, Coach?
1: Um, just not knowing. Uh, no experience. Like, what do you emphasize? Like, I just – I tried to listen to everybody, and the thing I kept hearing from Doug or whatever was getting them to understand how fast you have to go. So I worried less about what the press was. I mean, I didn't – I've never taught a lot of pressing. Uh, I knew dribble drive is attack-oriented in a way. I knew that would be a base. Basically, drive kicks shoot threes. So I didn't focus on the press. I didn't focus on the the sets or offense. I just focused on pure speed. And we did stuff like from Arkansas neighbors, you know, that game they play where they count down from 30, send the shot clock, and you score however fast you score, whatever's left on the clock is your points. You ever played that game yeah. before? We do yes. that in practice. We do 11-man in I practice. I forget.
0: I just – I'm, I'm mind-blanking the name of the drill, but it's – he has it on his YouTube ch- – he has it on his YouTube channel – and he'll yeah. tell you, he'll, flat. I had him on one of the Zoom clinics and yeah. he'll just say, if he had to choose one drill to run every day in practice, that would be the drill, that it would be his, yeah. his vitamin that he would run every day.
1: Well, um, if they just go. It's if awesome. go fast, I mean, when, and the rebound putbacks are important because you get a, a reset shot clock. And so we would play to a hundred, you'd think it would take five minutes and take a minute and 40 seconds. And you're already at a hundred, you know, when you're playing that fast, so. We would do stuff like that. Um, we actually wanted to simulate it. Um, so we set up the whole gym like game. We, we, bro- we broke out the video board. We did music. We did warm up. And we we basically pressed the eyeballs out of our JV two times in preseason just to try to simulate how fast the rotations were and how fast you had to go. And we told our JV, uh, who had about eight kids on it, um, you're going to turn it up. We don't care how – we don't care in the school. We're just trying to simulate the speed. And I really felt like that helped a little bit. You think we scored 47 points in the first half, 47-13 or something. And they got to – you saw how tired they were. They're, we were never, I felt like, in shape enough. That was the thing that surprised me. I didn't feel like we ever really got in shape. It's like we were gassed all the time, just chasing people all <laughs> over the pool. And maybe if there was a third – maybe that's why you need that third shift because you catch your wind and um, – that, that surprised me. I thought we would wear people down, but when I look at my numbers on huddle, our best quarter for differential was always the second quarter season long. And we had positive differential in all four quarters. The second quarter season, to be we where we made the most A, not the fourth quarter. Um, some of that may be because we're holding the ball near the end, but um, it, it was just interesting tracking all the data. So we just focused on going fast. That was the main, issue, main thing early. And then we tried to fix the press as the season went, fix the offense as the season went. So did you have a set five goals? Yeah, we, we would 46. try to shoot 43s a game or 80 shots, 43. Okay. We tried to have a turnover percentage of – or cost 25 turnovers a game, roughly. We tried to rebound. We set offense rebound at 35%, but it, we found that wasn't high enough. Like, we weren't getting enough yeah. offense. Doug,
0: Doug suggests for girls usually 40, I think.
1: Yeah, we went to 40, and we, we finished and looking at 38.5 on the season, so – um and then they they do differential. I focus less on the differential than just rebounds, turnovers, shots, threes. Um I'm trying to remember the other one off the top of my head. But yeah, we we kind of wrote those goals down and that's kind of how we talked about having success. But our kids live in down winning and losing. So as we first did it, our very first scrimmage, we get to have a preseason scrimmage here in Georgia. I don't know if you guys do out there, but um it doesn't count. We we go up ninety-nine points, ninety-eight points. It was like seven. 78-98 or something like that. I was excited that we scored 78 points with a team that I didn't think could average 40 on the year, like just as a team. they All they saw was 90-something points that we gave up, even though we scored 31 points in the third quarter. I mean, I'm like, we just came out on fire, just you know, clawed back in the game, cut it to like five, five or six. And then, you know, we gave out a gas, and they, and they had better, kind of a stronger team and ran away. But um, – the very next game, we win 92-90 in overtime, and they think it's the best thing in the world. It was the most fun game, probably one of the most fun games all year. And then the very next game, we lose by six, like 80 to 60 The world came to an end, And, and <laughs> they think it's the worst thing we're ever doing. They just lived and died so, by the soul, not by the process.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask, you were getting kind of to it. Um, you had a lot of peaks and valleys probably throughout the year. You probably had some times where you smacked some people, and then there were yeah. some times where you got the blowout. Um so, in in your eyes, when did it happen in the season where the light bulb kind of clicked on with the girls and maybe they said, hey, this is something that really works and, and we can be good at it? Was there a point in your season? How long did it take?
1: I don't, I don't know if we ever – we had some odd things in our season. I, I think that – I think there was a point in the season that a lot of the kids felt like this is cool and they began to – to take pride in it and they began to be excited about it but I don't because of how our season unfold because of some of the views of some of our parents I think there was just a couple that just did not ever want to, to give into it being a great idea and I think that limited what Doug and those guys talk about about having 100 buy-in it never really changed our performance and we worked hard like those girls every game we watched I mean they were all over even down to our our state tournament game that we lost in the, in the first round and we qualified for state, but we had a tough matchup When we were cold that night. Just, nothing would go down. We got in a little bit of foul trouble and we just ended up losing by 15 or something. But I just felt like some of that coming from outside of our circle kept 100% joy and volume from what we were doing for everybody. But if you asked, probably 85, 90% of our kids, they, they thoroughly enjoyed what we did. Um, but anytime you deal with team dynamics, you know, some kids had a role like one kid had played you know this position that might have played a different position and they were outside of their comfort zone, but because of what we were doing, that, that was their role. So you had to deal with, with role management, shot who's getting shots and all that kind of stuff that comes into a season. But our kids generally um, are are great about about accepting where they're at and what they're doing. I just never felt like we had everybody as excited as the coaching staff was. The coaching staff was fired up and there was just so much talk about what we were doing. People in the stands like, what are they doing? You know, like subbing every minute. It was so foreign to people that I, they had a hard time not hearing that noise. Does that make sense? And I think without any of that noise, just, I think they would have started walking around like, oh, yeah, we're pretty bad. We just put up 89 on somebody, you know. So I, I'm interested to in see how the, how it goes this year. If we, we do truly commit, what their attitudes are going to be like about it. I think if So board, you've been –
0: yeah, So so you're on the – facebook group that we have system basketball coaches um you found out about the system me and you connected through email through um kevin Furtado's. um you were listening to his podcast Mm -hmm. and i sent i sent you out an email and invited you to our stuff um is there anything specific or a few things that you heard from coach barbers arsenals and the people that we've had on that you're gonna take back to help for year two
1: well i'm well, yeah, actually, you back when you were doing a lot of the podcast during the heart of the pandemic time, you had, you had some guys on that were talking press. You had some guys on that were talking talking zone offense. And what I'm pulling out of what you've done and what notes I've taken and things I've rewatched is those next pieces to make us better. And we've got the speed concept down now. We know we're going to press, but what style of press will work best for our, for our group. And then really the offensively, what hurt us the most was zone play. If anybody went man on us, we filled it up i mean we just yeah they couldn't stay in front and we either got transition or we got uh, something quick almost every time but if they could beat us down the floor turn around and set up our kids weren't comfortable enough to shoot so quickly against the zone they just fell back on old habits where we got to pop it around a few times and that slowed down the flow i really felt like if we just came down and jacked it would have probably been better because there would have been a yeah. scramble for an offensive rebound or it would have kept tempo up and their zone would have gotten yeah. everybody would have gotten tired. So I really kept asking
0: having... questions. <laughs> Go
1: ahead.
0: I kept asking the zone question on all my Zoom clinics. You probably heard I'm like, what do you do if they play zone? And yeah. and, and Coach Bar- Coach Barber comes on. We just showed it. Yeah. We just showed I mean, it. that's I'm what like, need I'm like, to do. I'm like, that's so I, I joked with them and I'm like, if I wasn't going to system and I wasn't a system coach. I'm like, I would think coach that you're just giving me that clinic answer right now, or where they just give you that, you know what I'm talking about, where they just say, get a better player, or you got to get this. Um, But, but um, going back to you said you didn't do much with the press. Do you think that was a mistake? And you're gonna maybe emphasize it more and work on that more to generate? Maybe that can help you generate more pace, get you more steals and and not worry about the zone factor? <laughs> I think miles, uh, you?
1: I do think we need to shore up the press. And, and against the good teams, against the bad teams, it, is what's fun. it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you could be terrible. Just the speed, turn, they turn the ball over. They don't make shots, face tip but when you play a team better than you, and that was what I was kind of fearing. like we have, we're not top of our region. There's going to be teams that are better than us. What is it going to look like against them? And, and they, they carved it up sometimes. I mean, we gave up in the 90s a couple times. Um, and it was, it was hard for the kids to choke that down because we weren't as big or as athletic and our rotations weren't as sound. Um, we didn't take the best angles in the press. And I just didn't teach it that well. So, and it's just because, A, you can't teach everything at one time. You can't emphasize everything at one time. So we kind of picked what we thought we needed most. And then we tried to fix it, like patch the ship along the way. And well, I think we found our way to some degree, and the press got better. But at the same time, I don't know. You coach, people get better at breaking it by the end of the year. They've got a year, you know, they got that experience, on them. the guard plays better. The press is less effective. So, um, what I've been looking at is is uh, changing what we do in the half court as well. Once we, uh, even if we just want to get nominal pressure, punishment the speeds there. Maybe we go full deny. I know Doug's got names for it, like inside, outside, up, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we had terminology for it, but. Getting them in that pace, but then when they get back to the half, almost going more more like what Kevin would say, like go buzz or go something that's uh, is going to be a different look in the half court. I felt like we just fell back to a three-two base set and kind of scrambled because I, I talked to Doug at the clinic. I'm like, what do what do you do in the half court? He's like, you just trap. I'm like, but what do you do in the half court? You know, that's you all trapping? he does. He doesn't do anything. Like, How do you trap? Do You trap. You know, for out of what formation? Two people you know? on the ball, deny the no, lag, two interceptors. So we have problems with rotation along the baseline. If if a big went out to trap, you know, we didn't come across fast enough. So it's little things like that that we can clean up now to hopefully put more pressure on on our opponents and make them make more mistakes. I don't think we turned them over as much as what we hopefully could. Lost you on audio for a second. Still no audio. Now, can you hear me? Gotcha.
0: All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, so Doug, we were doing a roundtable where it was just about eight or ten of us, and Doug was in there, and Gary Smith wasn't. And we were doing a defensive chat, and he goes, I think this is the most we've ever talked about defense without <laughs> Gary Smith on a call. So um, so the guy, I mean, universally, it's – if you if you want to talk defense on the system, it's – it's gary um, yeah. I mean he's the co-author of the book so um, but he gets knocked i mean the guy scored 134 points in a season um, running the system so he has to know a little bit about offense so um, year two mm-hmm. is gonna come um, and you were on the fence and it sounds like you're gonna you're gonna do it still um, what's what's it look like for you Do you got how many returners you have coming back?
1: We lost quite a bit. We lost that 2,000-point score. Uh, she went on, she signed to play uh, college in the state of Georgia. Um, we have a returning point guard, but with, you kind of have to have two, at least, you know. So, <laughs> we, we've got some young kids that are moving up from, that are going to play as probably freshmen. We've got some sophomores that have hopefully matured some, that'll that'll play more minutes Um and I think it's – I'm going to tell them, look, it's wide open. You want minutes. Get in that top 10, get in that top 12, and, and compete for your spot. And, you know, in a small community like we have, we're, we're 40,000 people in the in the county and, and 12, 12 to 1,300 in the school and not so many kids that play play sports. We really have to, to get the most we can out of the athletes that we have. So I always worry about numbers. But I think we'll have – I think we'll have, uh, have 12 again and um, – it just maybe some young kids, and those kids are going to play. But I'm really interested in seeing how we score this year because everybody kind of relied on that player last year. But not really in her group they did, because in her shift we we call them green white because that's her color. So it was green group, white group. Well, she obviously put up 25 a game in her group, but ironically the the white group was more efficient at scoring. They actually had a better plus minus against the opponent than the green group did, even though. I like that. Our are, she put up 727. It was amazing to watch in the season. So, but a lot of those kids in that white group also graduated a couple of shooters. So we had to fill those spots. And and I think we're really going to have to work on shooting the basketball because we just don't have kids that are going to finish at the rim right now. And that means we're going to shoot some
0: Did you, in year one, did you run it with your lower levels?
1: Uh, we didn't have enough at the JV level. We like, um, like, we had, what, 20 in the program? We had 15 of those 20 dressed in varsity. Three of those varsity kids play primarily JV. So, um, when you look at the numbers, we had, what, around eight, eight, nine on JV. It just wasn't enough to simulate the exact same thing. So, we had to – we play similar stuff. We ran similar quicks. Um, but just in our – in our town, we don't have enough kids playing to to do the exact same thing at JV level, which is unfortunate. Now our, our uh, eighth grade and seventh grade group has a coach good friend of mine they they played a lot of up tempo they pressed they did it they didn't do true system true system but they, those kids are playing fast so they're coming in with that mindset of playing quick at least
0: so with 12 kids that you had mm-hmm. on varsity how did you do your practice did you practice with with everybody or we did practiced. you just do varsity? We've always
1: practiced full programs. So we'll go, we go all 20 kids in the gym at the same time. We uh, My gym's in the background right there. We've got plenty of space. We do have an old gym that we practice in when we split with boys. But we uh, we, we did a fact, we tried to follow the book's concept of less time, faster paced, you know, 10-second transitions. Like I think Kevin says eight-second transitions in his practice. And so we would go from one thing to the next. And a lot of full court um, but short amounts of time. Um, we actually took a day off, uh, which is not like what we've done in the past. We didn't practice on Wednesdays most of the season because I really wanted, if I was asking them to give all this effort, games and practice 100%. I wanted them to have a day off to rest their legs and their mind and stay fresh. Um, and we'll probably continue that based on how the schedule works in Georgia. Wednesday's not; a, it's normally a lift day or a film day or a light shooting day anyway. Um, so while they won't have every Wednesday off, because we have far travel, I don't know about you guys, but we, almost every game is an hour drive on the bus. So nah, I mean, we'll get back late on if, Tuesday.
0: If you drove an hour in California, man, you'd go through 50
1: <laughs> high schools. Okay, so. well, we, we drive an hour, <laughs> hour. The only school under an hour is the one county next to us. Everything else is an hour or more. Yeah, um, I mean, that's I'm, 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 and that's more. probably a low
0: number. That 50 is probably a low number. I mean,
1: okay.
0: just, just in my school district, I have three. And that's a, that is a, a town of 100,000 people. There's three high schools. So wow. um, that, that you could probably get to it within the city in a five to ten minute drive.
1: Okay. So, that is totally different. Um, world. And, what's wild with that,
0: and what's wild with that is starting this year, I'm in a, I'm in a league. And the other two are in, I think all of us are in different leagues. Wow.
1: Do y'all schedule in any way just because you're close to, to play each
0: other? Um, I mean, like I said, yeah. Well, in my league, we'll be the farthest team, like, north. Uh, everybody else is in, like, South Riverside. um, So, off, like, the 91 area. And I'm off the 60 in California. So, it's probably, we take side streets and stuff. So it's probably a good 30 minute bus ride to get to most of the locations. Okay. So, but then I have, like I said, school to my left, five minutes, school to my right, five minutes, a school to my north, 10 minutes, another school, seven minutes. So it's kind of, kind of weird. I mean, here, here, I don't know how your playoffs are. We could drive five and a half hours to play a school in our section in the playoffs. Okay.
1: Is that because that's not a same game. Game. that's based on no, size.
0: we have Southern Section, CIF Southern Section that we're in is a little under I think 600 schools. Wow. So it goes it goes all the way from Palm Springs area all the way up to San Luis Obispo. Man.
1: That's
0: our that's our section. <laughs> but then you have City of LA that has its own private city section called LA City section. They've <laughs> got a lot of uh, people. It, it's <laughs> yes, no, they they do. Um, I mean, a hundred thousand town may sound big in Georgia or something like that, but here it's not very big. So, um, the book, yeah, did it? The criticisms and all the things that that's said in it, did it happen?
1: Absolutely, it was almost part? prophetic. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had issues with um you know shot selection we had we had people that had questions about the subbing you know just not understanding what we were doing and and so yeah the things that the book tells you i, I think rang through um, being prepared for some of the some of the challenges that are coming but i really appreciated that it was there because i was looking for them I was waiting on some of these concepts to come up and and they did and It it, it was interesting how well they laid it out. Like, I think there's just a few pages in there of the questions that you're going to have. I can't remember. It's on my shelf Mm back here behind me. But um, they laid it out. It's almost like you could go down the list, each each bold question, and those questions got asked by someone. someone. Yeah.
0: What was the biggest criticism, Coach, that you had heard? I think it so so many of
1: them the subbing uh, was the most foreign to our community. Why are we taking, like, even for instance, we have that kid that averaged 20 points a game, why would she come out of the game um, would, would be a question that people have, and it makes sense. I understood that question, but the answer to that was not easy to explain to a community as much to our team and our, and our admins. She can't play at that, at that tempo for, for that long, and I thought it was really interesting for her particularly, and I spent some time talking to her, is her production was higher. You know, her production per minute, I think, And we did double shift her some. That's what I think it was wise to do. She's, she was a talented kid, is a talented kid. And um, we wanted her on the floor as much as she could and keep up with that pace. Um, so she got extra shifts and we made adjustments. And we had it all laid out like the guys in the book say. We had shift charts and prepared ahead of time. And then you just kind of got used to a rhythm. Someone was having a bad night or someone seen gas, you'd throw someone in their shift. Um, but I, I would say just the subbing and then how many threes we took. Um, just caught people off guard um, were some of the things that I heard back from either observers and as the coach I didn't mingle a lot with people but um, that's what <laughs> would make its way back to me is well, why are you subbing so much and, and or why are you doing it again against the team that already beat you like we'd play someone a second time they beat us you know and we're doing the same thing again next time that was also something I heard yeah and that made sense sometimes too <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so. Your Best player, yeah. Did she, did she, how was she throughout the season? Did she struggle with the subbing herself?
1: Uh, personally, I think, I think she, as an individual, got it. I think that that's not what she heard outside of, of our circle, like, okay. um, Typically. Yeah, very normal, <laughs> like, um, because people might not understand, like, so that caused her to struggle with it sometimes. She's such a positive kid and, and, and a good kid attitudinally, you know, she shrugged that off, but I think she heard of some because I guess when you come into a traditional setting I'll say this to coaches that try it you're just used to playing your best kids the most minutes in the previous year she she didn't come off the floor very much at all unless she got in foul trouble or got winded. um the point guard that graduated didn't come off floor early at all you know your your best kids played most of the minutes you know and you go from doing that and all of a sudden now you're not doing it it's understandable I think why they would question it and why they wouldn't understand it so that's where I missed the mark, I think, on try, trying to fully explain it maybe a little more ahead of time to, to people that were more in the community-based or parents than I did to the players. I think they got it. But um, that that was just – it just caused some confusion. But what was weird is the production. Like I said, that first game regular season she put 46. I mean, I'm four points away for setting the school record. Uh, so, obviously – in execution, what we were doing was not hindering her and her opportunities to, to have an impact on the game. She ended up being region player of the year in our region. Um, she ended up being type, or co-district player of the year in our, our area of the state. So I would say the results were good. The understanding of the process was not good.
0: Okay. So you set your rosters at 12. Would you like to get it higher if you could build up the numbers? You I, I would, to go I would love
1: be able to go a three shift. Um, so part of me doesn't want to because you want those better. I mean, you say the, those, yeah. getting those groups balanced was nice. You want those kids to play. You don't want to take even more minutes away by adding a third shift. But I do think having a third shift that could come in every now and then or in some games, A, for seasoning those those extra players, but also if you really wanted to push the tempo, you might get those first two groups to play even faster than they were because that was the battle is they would still slip into old habits to kind of pace themselves or – um not going at the speed that they, that would give them the advantage that you're going for like the whole concept of the system is that speed is that is the advantage you're looking for to make that big eight point run or six point run or ten point run so if they're if they're if they're taking the foot off the pedal at all you're not you're, you're getting the negatives of the system without as much as the positives and that was where we had to be careful i think we all as we got fatigued in the season as the season wore on they would just settle into kind of playing maybe system style under traditional tempo, you know, tempo intensity, yeah. and so we really had to make sure they didn't forget that, and that's where the the numbers come in. Hey, we're only at this many shots; we got to get eighty shots, we got to get eighty-five shots, and that would speed them back up. So, okay.
0: so how is how are you at practices? Are planning for practices after games? I mean, was was stress lower? Or were you still, I mean, because traditional coaching, I mean, you're all trying to do these great practice plans and right. X's and O it up. Um, how did you feel? How was, how was it?
1: I was, a was the big stress level coach. for you
0: during the season?
1: The only thing that stressed me was just the acceptance of what we were doing outside of our circle. That that caused some stress. It did and it wore on me. But the actual functioning of basketball, it was rejuvenating. I mean, more kids were playing. Uh, we were i mean it's fun it is fun to coach assistant basketball like you would think um you know drawing up great plays having good atos or sideline and baseline out of bounds and and scouting every opponent perfectly those things are fun too and and really having an impact but turning the horses loose and just just cheering them on almost is it was a new feeling and i think coach gale talked about it he just was kind of in a rut with swing and two three zone and this just is yes. it's exciting. As a coach, you're like, look, you're just going to get them fired up. And, yeah, you make adjustments with maybe how you change your press when a shift comes in. You know, hey, you guys are going to be in full denial. You're going to back up and pick up three-quarter. We want to change it up on them. Or this is where they're, they're beating the pressure. You know, let's make this adjustment. And you just make that quick fix with a with a shift before they go back. But you actually get to cheer for kids shooting shots. Like, you want that kid to make that three. You want that kid that was the eighth player to make a big play or get a steal. And for me as a coach, I was, I was fired up. Um, practices were more fun, we played music, we shot a ton, we just shot, 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 shot. We tracked shooting, uh, we sent out leaderboards on who was doing well, because we wanted them to build some confidence and compete to get better at, at shooting. So I thoroughly enjoyed it and it only diminished by some of the, the, the pushback I got from, from just a few people in the community, unfortunately and
0: the community thing and your the parental thing. Um, is there anything, did you do a parent meeting? Did you, the admin thing, did you do the PowerPoint? I think it's, I, you probably heard me say this on some of the other podcasts. Like if you ran flex, yeah. you wouldn't go to your AD and do the PowerPoint and say, Hey, no. I'm going to run flex this year. Isn't it crazy that you kind of have to justify what you're, what you're doing? How did you go about, um, Distributing it to your program. I mean, how did you just, say, hey, this is what I like to do?
1: well, to the program, well, to the admin first, I just I have a good relationship with the athletic director at the time, the principal, and they trust me. And and I described it to them basically an, a couple of times when we just I didn't set up a meeting like this is all official. I just say, Hey guys, we're gonna be doing something different. This is what I've been studying. You may get some questions about this. You may, you know, it's gonna look different. And my idea, AD says, this is what you think you need to do to win. I said, Yes. Uh, he said, you said more kids are going to play? I said, yes. He said, okay, sounds good. And so you got, he said, they basically, both principal and AD said, you got our support. And that's what they should do. I mean, that's what they hired me to do. With the players, I really took my time. I called them in, small groups, even individually, when I had a planning period and pull, I'd pull them out of a PE class or something. And I showed them all of that Nazarene running it. Just that one oh, That's YouTube a good team play. to
0: show. <laughs> that one
1: YouTube clip that I found at the time. And it was from probably the 90s, and I just I let them watch the score, I let them watch the speed, and then I like because they didn't want to sit there 15 minutes and watch full half, you know, they're teenage kids. I jumped ahead, yes, and they saw there was like 47 points. I said, I said they're all they're not quite the halftime yet. They're like really, and so I showed them something positive. I said we're going to try something different. I need you to buy. I need you to buy into it, and I just prepped them all individually and then as a group. And then when we tried it, I just told them it's going to be messy. I said, let's let it be messy. Let's give it a full chance. I think you'll like it. And I just told them, it's like more people are going to have a role. More people are going to have an opportunity. But what was interesting, I think there are some people just in the heart of hearts as players, they didn't necessarily want all, of, all the people to have more role. They didn't think this was something I didn't anticipate. They didn't think some of the players that were less skilled that hadn't put in as much time deserve to have the opportunity and I just it just didn't yeah. occur to hurt me until I saw it and I was like I, I get the point but this is yeah. what we need to do for the whole team right now and even though those kids might not be still putting my time they're actually going to help us with this
0: yeah so. we struggle with that we're struggling with that sometimes right now uh yeah. like we got a lot of buy-in and then we got some guys that are just kind of struggling and are just struggling and just kind of being apart. part they're not yeah. kind of just there's other things that are more important yeah. <laughs> if you will um, so parent thing, I mean, I, yeah. I, that's a big issue. Um, forgot what zoom, zoom or whatever it was. And I want to know your opinion on this one is most of the moms love it. Moms love it. Cause they get to see their kids play more. And then it, the, the issues sometimes are the, the Monday morning, uh, point guard quarterback talk, whatever you want to call it is dads that have either been coaches or dads that have played, um, like what is like, they're like? Well, what's this five? The biggest turnoff, you would say. I think we'll repeat it: is the five in five out, right?
1: Yeah, it, 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 you get things like they're not going to get in flow, and the number. What, what was interesting is the numbers backed up. None of the criticisms, like the numbers backed up what we were doing, whether it would be the rebounds, the points. The, now, obviously, our defensive average was trash, but if we pointed to previous years, the, the previous year um we lost by 32 in a game we lost by like 27 in a game we didn't play perfect every game uh Uh, we had our differential was plus 10 last year it was it was plus two or plus three yeah so I had that argument before (laughs) yeah Uh, so the numbers just didn't we set a school record in points for a season and school record in threes yeah this is not Uh with all-stars like this is with just good kids you know Mm making shots just so I I wish I could have put you know people told me I needed to go out and defend what we were doing a little bit more publicly but I think most of our parents thoroughly enjoyed our games. I think there was just a couple of people disgruntled and I, you get that with every season, every group of kids. Um you wish it was a perfect world where everybody could be like, Yay! but that's just not coaching. So Did
0: attendance did attendance rise?
1: Um we had well, really it depends on how the boys are. <laughs> so the boys are good. Oh, had, okay but our boys had a better season so we had good numbers uh we had good attendance this year and, and you know I, I tried to get some things going like with all like t-shirts with number three slogans. If, what was your
0: slogans what was your slogan
1: uh we didn't really have a season season slogan we just had we printed a bunch of shirts with number threes on the back and, and we gave we do a, a really neat thing where we do a future player run out with us um we get community kids come okay. in that are younger they they come to our locker room pre- pre-game. They run out with our team. They get to shoot in the late line. We give them a T-shirt, you know, with our logo on it. and uh, We just future nets. So we announce their name. We let their parents and their families come in for free for the game. And it's a pretty cool thing. But um, awesome. on those T-shirts, we tried to give everybody like one with a three on the back. We wanted student body to all wear them and turn around every time we made a three. We just couldn't pull that off. Our, our student yeah. body, they want to do their own thing.
0: So. I'm coming up with some ideas like, Hanging a, it, it'd be like baseball and
1: yeah, having a three, three wall.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if I want to put threes or if I want to spell out Patriot Warriors. That
1: so like true. if we hit if we hit it,
0: um, I know um, I had Zach Keen on and some other people. Um, Zach got a community uh, a a deli in his community in Illinois um, yeah. to do um, tees for threes. So if they made ten threes in a game, yeah. Um, everybody in attendance got a coupon to get a free sweet tea. So Woo! I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you I saw this Zoom clinic. So he showed the video footage of it where they're down like 17 points with like a minute and a half to go, and and he shows the kids in the stands all standing and the girls in the sideline, and the girl hits a three with like 30 seconds left to give them 10. And the gym erupts, and the players are like all high fiving. I mean, if you're playing traditional basketball and you're down 17 with a minute half to go, the gym's empty. I mean, they're in their car. They're except for the moms and dads that gotta take their, their their kids home after the game. People are filing out and saying, "No this one's over." They're, the kids will rattling. They'll be rattling the keys and doing the start the bus chant and all that, all that stuff from the. Um, But I just some of those things of system basketball and hearing that uh, the excitement in the community of for the most part and being fun and invigorating. um, I don't know why more people don't do it. And I think it's because it's so outside the box. It
1: is is not for the faint of heart. It is not. And when they say on their podcast or in their book, you got to be a little bit crazy I don't feel like a crazy guy. I mean, I've, I've had some really great players. I had a girl who plays at UConn right now on the team that I was at, I mean, we play traditional basketball. We've it's, you know, I, I don't know how I got to where I was to do this from, from all that that I did in the past, but Hey, it was fun. I want to do it again. Uh, I think it fits teams that don't have tremendous talent, um, but you can get kids to work hard. I think it gives you a way to have fun. And, I do think not always focusing on winning is a great thing. Unfortunately, our community loves winning like every community, and I, I love winning. Yeah. I want to win every game. We, we have a goal of one region every year, and and we've been close. But um, I, I just think it's kind of refreshing, and, and I'm interested. I haven't really got to start buy-in for this season yet because we just haven't been able to be together, you know, and I don't want to do it all mm-hmm. over Zoom. But um, yeah. we're going to push for buy-in again. I think it suits the style of this team that I'm going to have. If you don't have kids that can take it to the rack, um, consistently, you don't have a lot of post play. How are you going to score, Martin? I mean,
0: you got to generate offense somehow, press, yeah, stumble. So, I mean, well, we at
1: least you know what I'm press looking press. at? I have,
0: I have to face a six foot 10 guy for the next three years. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, and three of my top eight players are five foot eight. So, what, if I played traditional, which I did the last few years, You're playing a 1 1 3 matchup zone, I'd, be, I'd have to, there's no way I'd be able to play all three of them at the same time. So, yeah. now that allows me to put them into shifts mm-hmm. and, and get them out there and fly around, shoot the basketball, have fun. And Are
1: kids here for each other more this year than I've seen? I mean, they got fired up for each other. Um, it was fun to see. I mean, the bench was up more. They're pretty conservative kids up here. You know, they'll do the little all stand up and clap at the same time. So, uh,
0: so for guys like me yeah. that are going to be putting it in or, or looking at it, What's your, what's your last piece of advice for people to, to, if, they're gonna, if they want to do this?
1: Well, if you've done everything you need to do, my first piece of advice is study as much as you can, and that's what I was struggling to do early was finding the book, talking to people. But you're so far ahead of the game with that. Um, I would say from what I sought what I counsel on from other people was just, just to stick with it, to not doubt it, and to, to be prepared. Just don't go away from it. I mean, be prepared to give it its full... It's full look and learn what you're going to learn through it. If you go into it like you might bail after a couple of games, then I don't think you're going to really get the, the benefits and the joy of it. I'm not saying that after we won 19 games, if we'd have gone 10 and 19, I probably wouldn't be saying that, you know, but um, just – just stick with it and and, and enjoy the, the – you know the parts that are going to be fun. Cheer for those guys. Really sell the parts that are true life things that are beyond this season, like those kids getting to play, those kids all buying in, those kids supporting each other. To me, that was what was so refreshing. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, we, we got to play in a really important playoff game. Uh, I always feel bad when kids don't play. It's like the number one I think, think of when I go in the locker room or the office right after we play a game win or lose it's like i didn't get so-and-so in the game i didn't get so-and-so in the game so-and-so only played a minute because i just have a heart for wanting kids to participate it's just who i am so we're playing in a really big playoff game there's this girl on the team she's the seventh kid on the team we have really five and a half really good players and then one more and then she's like that next one she played most regular season we're playing a really tough team in the playoffs her whole family her whole church they rent a bus they get t-shirts they come down to this playoff game make that long drive I didn't put her in the game. It, and, I mean, they got their own special, my grandmas there, you know. And it tore me up because I, I didn't know all that at the time, and it wouldn't have really made a difference. You don't play kids or not play kids based on, you know, who comes to watch. You play kids to win the game. You know, where they are in that, in that roster. We were playing a team that was not suitable to her skill set, depressed like crazy, and she's kind of turned over a good bit. She had a bad week of practice. Those are all just realities that we know as a coach. So. I still remember that, and it still bothers me. that I didn't at least let her get on the floor in that big state tournament game, big arena, even just touch the ball, you know, and make a play. I just went the conservative route. I'm going with the kids that have got the experience. And the cool thing about system is it just – it solves that for you. You're putting kids in the game whether they like it or not. So, I would say that's one of the things I like the most is it makes you – trust those players more that you typically, you know, you wouldn't, I guess. It's a wild ride. I'll say that, Mark. I really – want i wanna, I'm interested yeah. to see what well, happens you do it in the spring.
0: Well, I'm what I'm interested in seeing too, Brown. Is, is your growth in year two and then with yeah. the Facebook group of, of the network of guys that we've kind of built together yeah. with this stuff that we could sit here in the season and say, hey, it's a Sunday night. Um, we're in season or whatever and let's have a Zoom call and let's, like, let's discuss – let's discuss system stories and what, what's so-and-so saying, what's working, what's not working. What are you yeah. doing in practice to keep the, to keep the motivation? Are we practicing too much? Is the practice too long? I think that's the hardest part. Um, Bob Belf started it with the Yahoo group and mm-hmm. we've kind of continuation this. the system basketball Facebook group and the clinics have kind of made it more um, interactive and virtual, if you will. And Absolutely. I think, I think yourself, myself, the system coaches were, are most one of the most sharing people in the world. I mean, I haven't come across any that I've talked to that weren't willing to offer. And we got that attitude, like oh, we're going to press you, we're going to yeah. trap you, and we're going to shoot a three. Um, yeah. it's what fun. is there? To, what? What's the secret? To, what's the secret to that? I mean, my rival coach goes, "Oh, I'm getting an early, early um, scout on you." I'm like okay, I have a group called System Basketball and we're going to shoot threes. We're going to press. I'm like, well, what's different? Only difference now is instead of my team just shooting threes and playing zone, we're going to get out in full court and and do the rest of it. So yeah. you know, there's no, no no secret. I mean, some some coaches are secretive and system coaches are far from it. So if anyone's listening to this today or on the audio and... You want to join a group of guys, come to the Facebook group, System Basketball Coaches. Um, we have lively discussions in there about different things, and we try to meet up and do some things here or there, do film studies and stuff like that. Sure, so Brennan, uh, stay safe out there in Georgia. We'll be, we'll be in touch, tuning in to see how Pickens does this year in year two. Hopefully you break some school records, go right. over 70, go, go go higher than 70, uh break some know. turnover record break not your own turnover records but steal records um you don't you don't want you don't want to be the team turning it over um and then lighten it up on the scoreboard with some threes um because um it's I'm I'm excited for it I know you had a great experience doing it in year 1 and you've learned you've learned a lot and year 2 is going to be hopefully that much better for you
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm definitely and I, i'm glad i can uh, i feel like now i can just pop a question on the facebook facebook group now like hey you know when it comes time this is what happened i need some my you know i need some counsel and, and there'll be guys that's that'll jump i mean in. that's they'll jump appreciate in with
0: that. yeah i appreciate that and i hope people feel the same way that it can, we could just have a conversation or say hey let's go have a zoom meeting
1: <laughs> if anybody hears this you want to see us give up 90 i'll I'll send you any huddle link uh, you want, uh, practice plans, whatever we have. I'm not the most digitally organized, but um, uh, Mark, when we get off this, I've got one thing I want to cover with you before we go. If you want to do it off the recording. Okay. Boarding, uh, okay. Related. No problem.
0: Okay. No problem. Thank you guys for joining us. Welcome to the Basketballpedia Podcast, brought to you by System Basketball. On this episode. Coach Brandon Thomas of Pickens High School. Coach Thomas installed the system for the first time. His girls program won 19 games. We discuss how they did it.
1: What went right. And what difficulties he faced installing it. So stay tuned.